This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Well, we all know as PR professionals that our media relationships are one of the most critical aspects of success in securing features for clients. This goes without saying, but how do you build these relationships and what do you do to nurture them? And also, what can you do to kind of screw them up? (laughs) Because that's possible too. So we want to talk today all about how to actually establish yourself as a worthwhile, trustworthy, and helpful source for your media contacts. And I know lately there have been a lot of shady publicists out there who gives some of us PR pros a bad rap with the media. They're using kind of shady tactics. They're doing pay-to-play opportunities And that's not obviously the type of person who's in our community. Those are not the members of our programs or community because we're here to be proactive, helpful, supportive, provide really worthwhile content for our media contacts, create very uh, mutually beneficial relationships. So we're going to shift that narrative away from the publicist being seen as possibly a little bit on the shady side. Of course, not you, my dear listener, not me, (laughs) but those people or PR agencies, and I'm like doing air quotes, that will pop into your DMs on Instagram. And sometimes they'll try to convince you of the power of being featured in the media. And you're going, huh, have they looked at my profile? Because obviously I know the power of being featured in the media because that's my entire profession is providing that service for other clients, but they are shady. They're basically using a pay-to-play strategy. So um, you can't bypass this stuff when it comes to earning the respect and uh, you know becoming a worthwhile source for journalists, creating these relationships. This is not a step you can bypass. This is the foundation that long and successful careers in PR are built on. So I have put together 14 do's and don'ts that you can consider for earning the respect of the media, for becoming a trusted source, and um, also you know keeping this relationship going long term. So the first do I have for you is always approach pitching from the perspective of being a helper to the media. What value can you add? What can you do to make their job easier? If you see a journalist is working on a story, even if maybe it isn't related to your clients or um, it's not anything that you have something uh, client related for, help them find a source that would be a good fit for them. So again, you're coming at it from the perspective of making their lives easier. So do you have a friend or a contact in your network that would be just the perfect source for them? You know, they're working on something where 
Your um, nutritionist, even though not a client, would be a really good source for them. Connect the two of them. You know, make their lives easier. And that will, that will be appreciated. It will not go unnoticed. And over time, you'll start to be seen as just a really helpful person, as a connector. When a journalist or editor sees you as a connector, they will come to you with opportunities because they know you won't dilly-dally and you'll make these connections really quickly for them. And that you under, it's like, you know, you understood the assignment. What am I here to do to help your life? be easier and better. And then over time, they'll start to say, oh, yeah, you know, that person is super responsive. Let me just reach out and see if they can help me out. So one of those do's is just come from the perspective of being a helper. How can you support them with what they're working on? Um, And, you know, what are you offering to them that is of value to them and their readers? And don't pitch clients just to get them in front of these editors. So if they are asking for something and their ask is very specific, don't try to kind of cheat it and see if your client fits. Only pitch your client, your ideas that are truly a perfect match for what they're working on. What's the story angle? Um, What's the media outlet, the writer, their specific editorial? outlet that they're covering and their topic, you know, their beat. If it is not a fit, don't try to make it a fit. It's very transparent when the publicist is trying to do that. And editors get really frustrated because now you're kind of clogging their inbox with irrelevant pitches. And that goes for whether you know they're working on a specific story And they'll ask with a lot of clarity exactly what they're looking for. And I know it's so tempting to say, well, if they didn't already say that they were all set on this type of product, I have a client that has that type of product, maybe I can convince them to consider my client. No, if they say they're all set on something very specific, do not reach out to them and offer them yet one more option because you're not going to convince them, you are going to annoy them. And also, if you are just pitching because your client wants to be featured in a certain publication, and you don't even know that that writer is actually covering the vertical or the type of content that your client would fit in, don't just throw spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. You have to align your client, the story angle with the writer and the or the editor and the specific outlet and what their editorial coverage is. So don't just pitch your clients just to pitch them. It's very transparent. It's not going to work for you. Another do for you. Oh my gosh, this is probably the one that our team is able to do the most. And it has been a huge source of us being Um, a resource for editors. They come to us because they know that we are going to handle all of their, all of their requests immediately. So we never want to make a journalist or editor late for a deadline. And you also never want to have them in a position where they have to track you down for something that you promised. And I don't know why so many PR pros don't follow through on this, the things they say they're going to do or the deadlines they're going to meet. It's just something that continues to happen. I don't know why. This is so easy. It's really important 
to be very responsive, to be the agency that handles their requests as fast as you can. And that's and that's why we um, recommend at the outset, when you start working with your client, you want to gather all of these assets that you know you're going to need. I mean, it's not a surprise what types of assets the journalists are going to ask for. So you don't want to be slowed down waiting for your clients to provide you with images, let's say product images or lifestyle images, or even a a bio for your client. You want to have a headshot for them or even samples. Um, And you want to be able to get journalists what they want now. And that means you have a process in place for how you're going to do sample facilitation and where you're going to be able to pull all of these assets. You know, could be fact sheets about a product and ingredient lists, or we call them one sheets. And actually inside my program, the Pitch Lab, we show you how to create a one sheet. And we even have a template and some examples. So you can kind of either show your client what you need or show a graphic designer on your team how to create this sort of asset. But you want that stuff ready to go. And the fact that you're going to be very responsive immediately lets them know that they can count on you. And you're going to be so easy to work with. You're going to be frictionless. Everything that you promise will get to them in a timely manner. And they know that they'll never have to wait on you for anything. And this is really going to help earn your, earn, uh, help them, sorry, earn respect for you because you're going to make their job easier. And again, we really focus on this inside of the pitch lab, including what you need to gather from your clients ahead of time, because we want to set you up for success when you're working with media professionals. We want you to be ready to rock and not waiting on your clients for anything. And it also shows them that you know exactly what the media is going to want and you are ready when they need it. So the, do, the don't on that one is do not ever make journalists wait a long time for you to respond to their requests or for your clients to respond to their requests or make journalists wait for interviews or assets. And if you have a client that is really busy, and this happens a lot, you know, that's, it's fine, they're running a company, but if they're getting interview, interview requests, try to gather even some of those um, pretty consistent responses that you know media is likely to ask them or questions that come up quite a bit. Get, gather that uh, you know, content. Um, you can even write pitches from it, but interview your client in advance. Just get on Zoom, turn on the video and start asking them questions and you can transcribe their responses. But if you know they're not likely to respond when you land an interview for them, this is something you're going to want to have ahead of time. Maybe you can request that the journalist provides written questions and then you can craft responses based on what your clients told you and maybe run it by the client for some feedback or approval. Or not. If they're not going to get back to you, you cannot wait on them. Make sure your responses and the don't here is don't make journalists wait for you to get back to them with the simple things that you know they're going to ask for. Another do, we love this one, um, do invite journalists to coffee dates. It works better than you think it's going to work. Um, We think they're inundated all the time with requests, but 
most of the journalists, most of the editors that we talk to, they like to meet PR professionals. They want to connect with other helpful sources. They want to share what they're working on and create relationships that they can go to these people with angles or know that they're going to be, um, you know, at least sharing with them what they're working on so that any emails that follow after that are going to be targeted. They're going to be relevant. It's it's a benefit for them as well. So you can do in person. We, we're starting to see some of that come back a bit and people are actually kind of looking forward to getting out. And there seems to be a lot of this sort of networking happening and outdoor cafes or outdoor coffee shops. Um, but if you can't, you know, make it like a 15 to 30 minute coffee date. But if you can't, then offer a Zoom coffee date. And what we like to do virtually is sending over a gift card for coffee or even uh, like a fun package with a couple cans of my favorite La Colombe um, ice lattes. You can get them at Costco or um, a gift card for Starbucks or some other, you know, maybe cold brew beans or something like that. And then even sending along like a mug or something that will help them remember you. And that feels a little bit more invested and more personal than just saying, hey, let's meet. That's like um, something memorable. Um, And I want to give full credit to um, our community member, Jane, who says that she will send over also um, a Postmates gift card. I was trying to remember which one, but of around $25 for uh, coffee gift cards or $50 for Postmates. And that is kind of like offering to, you know, have a quick kind of lunch meeting with them and sending them the card so they can order the lunch they want. Um, And we actually have an entire section inside the Pitch Lab that's dedicated to ideas around hosting effective Zoom events. And it is like full of ideas and also exactly what journalists love about virtual events and what they will not really be interested in anymore, including how long and how to invite them and when, and then certain ideas for activities and what's a good fit for what type of um, purpose of the meeting. If it's a product launch or getting to know the founder of the company, we have this really great resource and it was co-created with members of the media telling us after all this time, you know, two years of virtual meetings and virtual events, what's working, what isn't. So aside from resources to help you craft expert pitches, we also go over in depth how to maximize your relationships with journalists and editors. Because again, that's the whole point of this discussion. That is going to be critical to your success. So um, one of the things you want to ensure that you're doing when you're meeting over Zoom is ask what they're working on and ask how you can be helpful to them. Very simple. And only offer up information about you or your clients if they ask you. But really go in to these coffee meetings with the purpose of building a relationship where you are being of service and you are supporting them in some way. Um, And that could also be sharing their content on your social media and tagging them um, just so they see that you're supportive of their work. And that also shows that you're dialed into what they're working on and you know what their sort of editorial focus and their angles are all about. 
Um, so you are offering to be helpful. You're offering to be of service. And the don't here is don't create one-sided relationships. I want you to go deeper and try to actually get to know these professionals and form these mutually beneficial relationships that will be based on helping each other. And I hope that you're able to create these relationships where you're offering to be of service and support them before you actually need anything, before you need them to consider your client for a pitch or a launch or something you're working on. So help out, give of yourself generously and don't ask to get anything you know, until you know that you have a good open dialogue and there's a mutually beneficial relationship that you've worked hard to create. And that sort of a relationship is going to be one that will pay dividends, especially when you niche down and especially when you go to intentionally connect with the gatekeepers that will serve most of your clients. That's one of the beauty, uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about niching down is being able to connect with key media gatekeepers because that'll have a positive impact for most of your clients if they all are kind of related to the same industries. So that's another, yet another reason why we love niching down. And I probably harp on that more than anything. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else that I harp on more than maybe saying no to clients when you know they're going to be a complete pain in the butt. But niching down is one of the you know most important decisions you can make in your career. Um, and creating relationships and deep, meaningful relationships with journalists is one of the benefits of that. Another do, we want you to tailor your pitches to show that you're trustworthy, that you're providing information only that's relevant and that's a good fit. You want to earn respect by showing that you are respectful of their time by only offering up information that's totally on point for them. And don't try to fit something in for a pitch that's clearly not a good fit. So this goes back to timely, relevant, targeted, strategic pitches, where it's not a spray and pray, it's not haphazard and hasty. Um, you know, anyone who's attended, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, attended my crickets to crushing it webinar knows what I'm talking about. We're here to turn you into pitching powerhouses. We want you to take that time to write strategic, targeted, relevant pitches. And that is also another way that you build great relationships with the media and show yourself to be trustworthy. It's only pitching things that are totally relevant and a great fit and not trying to kind of fit your client into every discussion. It, it doesn't work. You know, don't fit a square peg, peg into a round hole. You definitely want to show journalists you get it. Their time is valuable and you're only offering things to them that you know would be a great fit for them. And another do, um, we love to follow editors' communication preferences. So whether they want um, social media DMs or emails, I have seen, like if you start subscribing, a lot of journalists now have Substack and or they have their own newsletter that they're sending out and they'll present a topic that they're interested in talking about and then at the end of it they'll say if you have anything to add to this discussion or you want to connect with me here's how um you'll see that in those types of newsletters or on their social media itself they'll say here's how to connect with me we like to follow journalists on social 
for those little insights of, you know, maybe they're not responding to a pitch. You go to their social, you see that they're out of town or you see that they're um, on maternity leave or something. It's really helpful to kind of follow them. You can also see what their personal interests are and kind of tie that into some of your pitches. If you, um, you know, have something that's aligned personally, like I've mentioned to journalists when I see they've traveled to places that I've gone, that I kind of relived my experience vicariously looking at their images. Um, so following on social kind of reveals a lot about them. This is why we like to go deep with certain connections instead of going broad. But you can see an editor's communication preference, usually shared on their social or on a newsletter, or sometimes in databases too, it'll actually say how the journalist wants to connect. So keep that in mind, because that's where they're looking. I mean, if they tell you, send me a DM on Instagram, and here's my handle, and you send them a you send them a, um, a, an email pitch, they're not going to respond. They probably aren't going to see it. Or you send them a Facebook request or something along those lines. Um, and then a don't here is don't ignore the details of their request. So if there's something that they're asking for, they'll tell you specifically what they're looking for, or they will tell you things that they, like I said earlier, that they've already got covered, I know I'm asking for Mother's Day presents, but don't send anything related to candles or bathrobes because we're already covered. And if you hear that beeping and maybe some kids, uh, no, kids, kids' voices and dog barking, my family just returned from a nice long walk, but not long enough for me to finish my podcast. <laughs> so if you hear you know, beeps or kids, that's what's happening. It's real life, people. You guys know what my situation is over here. It's chaos, always chaos. Um, look at those specific details. They're very clear. Sometimes if they're looking for a source, they'll ask for credentials um, and they'll say, we're looking for somebody who has this specific credential or we're looking for an MD. If you represent an esthetician and not a dermatologist, then when they say they're looking for an MD, an esthetician is not going to meet their, their specific request. So pay attention to those things. Again, it goes back to matching their requests with useful, helpful information. If they get to the level where they're like, oh my gosh, this person sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. I'd love to connect with them. And they go through all that effort. And then at the very end, they get the bio and they go, wait a minute, you're not an MD. I requested an MD. Then uh, you're really going to dig a hole for yourself, and that journalist will never work for you, work with you again, because they're going to know you're not really paying attention to their needs. Um, another great tip we've gotten from our community. I have to credit Tamron Tobian for this one, and then also others have said that they do this as well, um, including Jane has also said that this is really helpful um, because she is also. Uh, um, an owner, I want to say editor, owner, the, uh, you know, gatekeeper of a trade publication. So she's a PR pro and then is also on the other side of it. So she also agrees. Okay. So here's the tip. Do make sure your images are searchable. So that means that the images will contain certain keywords in them where a journalist, they'll sometimes use their inbox as a searching platform for um, resources or sources that they have 
gotten emails from and they're working on multiple stories at a time and they'll kind of leave them there. And then when they'll say, oh yeah, I'm working on that piece about best um, carry on luggage for short weekend trips or something like that. You should make sure that your images are searchable with those keyword terms in it. So it'll say on your name of your image, um, carry on luggage, and then maybe it's, you know, CalPAC or Samsonite, whatever the brand is that you're representing, because maybe they'll remember, oh yeah, I wanted to feature CalPAC. And I'm going to drop another little tip here. Um, They might say, I want to feature CalPAC because they have a very generous affiliate program. Um, that is important too. We talk all about that inside the pitch lab, understanding affiliate programs and how to kind of support your clients and navigating that new major element for their success with connecting with the media. Um, so along the lines of the tip of making your images searchable, just make sure there's keywords in there that they know if they're working on a certain feature, they can search and your images will come up as an attachment in their email, but then they'll see your whole pitch. Um, so the don't hears don't have random names that make things hard to find. Instead, use a good naming convention and include the topic of the pitch in your image file names. Really great tip there. Um, and I have to admit, we weren't doing that for years, but now we recommend that and we teach that as a point inside of some of our content inside the pitch lab to ensure that our members are using all these little, um, very, you know, simple, but really powerful hot tips in how they're structuring their pitches. And then this was a big one. Um, I did this topic live on Facebook and this one kind of sent everybody watching into a little bit of a tizzy. (laughs) Um, and that is, we want to, um, Make things easier by using searchable keywords in your email subject lines so that you can make your pitch easy to find. So definitely um, do not feel like you have to summarize the entire pitch that's going to follow in a way where they're going to know instantly in one very clever sentence what's in the pitch itself. You just want to get them to open it. You want to have good, um, you know, not jargony type uh, content and not tongue in cheek, something cutesy, just really simple. What is the nature of the pitch that's going to follow? And how can you make it enticing so that they want to open it? That's it. That's the only goal of your uh, subject. But it is helpful to have searchable keywords in that subject line. Because then again, like the image name being searchable, they will be able to find the subject quicker. Um, And this one was a really great uh, thing that I sort of knew, but I didn't totally understand why. But the don't here is do not use unnatural links or or, um, anchor text. So anchor text is where inside your pitch, you will use the word, um, I'm trying to give an example. uh, best luggage around. Let's go back to the, the luggage example, like um, best luggage bang for your buck. And you'll have that in your pitch itself. And then you'll take that part of the sentence, best luggage or something, and you highlight best luggage and you add your link 
so that it shows up as the word. It'll say best luggage and you know that it's a link because it'll be blue and there'll be a line under it. And that'll link out to some kind of unnatural link like a landing page or an SEO tracking thing. This is seen as really spammy, overly promotional, and it's rooted in trying to get positive SEO value for your clients rather than in just being really helpful and offering valuable ideas and valuable sources for their stories. Because what it what this is, is an SEO tactic where you are trying to get certain keywords to rank for your client. And the hope here is that, and usually there's an SEO firm that's telling a PR pro or telling the client to tell the PR team to include these anchor texts or try to get editors to include these anchor text links. And that is an SEO value that, I'm sorry, it is not your job. That is not what we do. We are not SEO teams. Um, That is not our primary goal. And we heard from editors that this is the number one surest way to get yourself sort of blacklisted. And blacklisted means they take the little spam button and they click on it and your email goes to spam forever, your your email that comes from you, anything in the future. So what this does is makes it hard for them to eliminate it when it comes to sharing stories with their, um, you know, their editor or their team. That anchor text and those links come through when they copy your content. Do not, do not do it that way. Yes, you can include a link to your client's website, but make sure it is seen as an actual link and not words that are highlighted to be a link. That is called anchor text. And it is a big no-no. It's really overly promotional and it's not rooted in being helpful and offering to be a valuable source. So that is just a couple little tips that we have taught inside our community that we have learned from members of our community. Again, our Profitable PR Pros group is collaborative and supportive. And what our members know from their years of experience or from their years working as journalists, they always share it with our community. And we are taking the latest strategies, the latest um, know-how the things that move the needle and get you to build long lasting, mutually beneficial relationships with the media. That's what we share inside of the pitch lab. And that's what I wanted to give you here today. Just really simple do's and don'ts that will make you a more effective communications pro deepen and strengthen your relationships with the media and help you get better results for your client. Because that is what a solid career in PR is founded on. It is founded on relationships, securing results, and leveraging the results that you've gotten in order to uh, get more visibility for yourself too. You know, we want you to show other potential clients what you can do for them by leveraging what you've done for your other clients. And all of this just helps to make you a more effective comms pro and make you more money. Isn't that the goal? That's the goal that I have for you. I want to help you build a business you love and be wildly profitable while doing it. So focus on those relationships, offer help, offer support. And if you learned anything, tell me um, what's your favorite tip? What have you learned here today? And what do you find kind of the most helpful or the biggest kind of, huh, 
I didn't know that. Um, for me, it was the uh, not using anchor text links. I thought that was really, really helpful. Um, but go ahead and reach out to me at Generation PR on social. And I would love for you to leave a review or a rating on our podcast if you like what you're hearing. And we'll go ahead and create more, um, more content that answers the questions that are most asked in our community. So thank you so much. And we will see you on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.